Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Yuha Yupi podcast. My name is Yuha, know that's not a stage name, and in this podcast we talk about all things fitness, always relate things back to mobility, and occasionally I go off topic. Without further ado, let's start. And this is where I normally play my music, but I'm not going to play it today. Um, it's going to be a shorter podcast. Um, yesterday, oh man, I had a lot of difficulties actually getting a podcast out i uh so i record these podcasts most of them on a handheld recorder a zoom h4n and i ordered off of amazon some accessory for it so i can take it outdoors and i can record when it's windier out and uh this accessory just like blocks out the wind so anyways i was take uh, i took it to a park i was recording last night's podcast and uh within 20 minutes the batteries died halfway within that time um so about 10 minutes prior to the batteries dying dying i ran into a fox that was also random and i wasn't really sure what to do in that instance because i'm not around foxes too often um so i kind of went and i did my own thing i uh walked away from it and then i changed batteries because i'm a smart person i brought a spare pack of batteries and then I noticed that my spare batteries even were really low and I only got like three minutes worth of recording with those spare batteries and I wasn't able to record with my phone because uh it was like minus five out last night uh and my my phone doesn't really operate too well in cold temperatures, so I tried yesterday, but I was just unsuccessful. Um, so anyways, today what the the main topic that I really wanted to mention is, uh, so ideally you would get more out of this if you, uh, if you watch the video portion as well. I'll leave a link in the description of the video portion of this where uh, I also go through some of the exercises that I'm about to be talking about. But if you are, if you, if you have enough body awareness that you can listen to cues and kind of understand the gist of what is being discussed, then I think that you can definitely get some value out of this. At the very least, it'll be a nice, you know, short bout of entertainment for you. So the exercises that, uh, I was really talking about today. So I had three exercises in mind that are meant for people who are interested in improving the function of their hip. Um, the first exercise that I talked about was um, hip cars, just talking about doing hip cars and the importance of doing them daily. Uh, and I was kind of thinking, like, could you do hip cars in the shower? I mean, technically, yeah, but... I definitely shouldn't recommend anybody to do it. So if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, I could probably do it. Don't try and do exercises in the shower. Cause yeah, I don't want to be responsible for you hurting yourself, but, um, if it's important for you to improve the function of your hip, doing hip controlled articular rotations, they kind of just look like joint circles. They're big global articular rotations um when you're doing them what you're trying to accomplish is doing the largest range of motion that you can express 
uh, with two conditions. One, you want it to be pain-free. So if you're dealing with a particular injury, if you have like hip replacement surgery coming up soon, there's obviously going to be some limiting tissue in your hip. So you want to be aware that we're not trying to do the largest circle flat out. We're trying to do the largest, we're trying to express as much pain-free movement as possible. So let's say we're going into hip flexion and when your hip reaches 90, that is painful. But if you only flex your hip 65 degrees, that doesn't cause pain. Then when you're going through the rotations, back off. Don't go to 90, go to 65. If if internal rotation past neutral is causing pain, then don't do internal rotation past neutral. Do internal rotation from a position where your hip is already externally rotated. Maybe you're in like 45 degrees external rotation, and from that externally rotated hip, internally rotate from 45 to neutral. Don't go past a part that you're going to end up feeling pain in. And um, one thing to keep in mind, the second point is uh, it's important to do your best to only move your hip in isolation. So it's very common for people to try and just create the largest circle possible and they unintentionally um, compensate in some areas. Maybe when they're doing some hip extension, they may go through some lumbar extension to kind of compensate. Maybe you're dealing with some current mobility restrictions and maybe you currently don't have that much ability to disassociate your hip from maybe your hard to really say but maybe you don't really have the ability to disassociate your hip from the surrounding joints um so in that position we're trying our best to move it in isolation but all depending on the person it may be a little bit harder for you so the main key points that I would really take you through um, the important things to consider when you're doing hip cars is, number one, choose a base position. You could do it standing or quadruped or supine, etc. But um, at least in the video today, I was doing it standing. So number two, um, I always recommend that people hold on to something for support. Because after all, this is a hip exercise. It's not a balancing exercise. Do I ever do hip cars without holding something for balance? Yes. But I mean, I'm kind of just doing it for fun in that regards. I'd find it enjoyable, but it's not meant to challenge your balance. It's meant to challenge the end range rotation that you have in your joint. Number three, obviously, is to move your hip in isolation. So in order to do that, the easiest strategy would be to tense up every other part of your body besides the hip. So for example, if you're trying to move your right hip, maybe you would take your left foot and think about pushing your foot into the ground and taking your core, squeezing your core. Uh, that at least puts the structures around your hip tensed up. So there's less likely to be lumbar extension if you're contracting your core. There's less likely to be hip hiking in the opposite leg if you are tensing it up, if you're pushing into the ground. So that's kind of the point, is to, to, just to really stiffen up our joints surrounding the one that we're moving so we can move in the most isolation. Um, of course, the next step is uh, if during any part of the movement you feel pain, just back off from it. 
and that kind of goes back to what I said before. If 60 degrees of hip flexion causes pain, just only go to 40 degrees. Just do something to back up from it. It doesn't have to be that, that exact number, but that's just an example. So number one when you're going into this position is to take your hip, internally rotate your hip in that standing position, and raise it. So internally rotate your hip and go into as much flexion as you can. Once you reach that end range rotation, then you're going to externally rotate your hip and go into kind of that hacky sack position. You know when you play hacky sack and you like kick the hacky sack? So go into that position. That's So that's where then your hip is starting to go into some external rotation. Your hip is starting to open up. Next would be to take that hacky sack type position where your hip is already kind of opened up and rotate it as far back as you can. Kind of bring it away, you know, bring your hip over to the side, like trying to make it so then your femur is aligned with your ear, possibly. Um, think about doing that. If you don't reach that exact range of motion, that's okay. But at least think about doing that, uh, getting your femur to be in line with your ear. So like the side of your ear. So in that position, your right leg should probably be at maybe like a 90 degree angle. Sorry, your hip should be at a 90 degree angle. Your knee is probably going to also be in some external rotation right now because it's still in that hacky sack type of position. From there, you're going to maintain the height of your knee. Do not let your knee drop. Do not let the height of your knee drop. But rotate your hip from maximal external rotation to maximal internal rotation. This one's going to be really challenging really challenging. You might feel something in your hip. You might feel some tightness in the opposite hip. If you feel pain, just take a break. Stop for a moment if you want to start from the beginning. But if you don't, that you can just hold that position at that point, then your hip is maximally internally rotated. Freeze in this position. Do not let your knee lower. Slowly bring your hip back, like swivel it back from your ear back towards the back of your head and then bring it down and then in just the opposite direction you could do that as well bringing your hip um, into extension having a bend in your knee allowing your hip to swivel until your femur is roughly aligned with the side of your ear and you are bringing your hip into internal rotation in this position swivel from maximal internal rotation to maximal external rotation next step would be in that position holding that internal rotation bring your hip from all the way out to all the way in next step almost done is to once again Go from that external rotation back to internal rotation with our hip and, sorry, with our knee pointing towards the inside of our leg and then bringing our knee back down. So you can do that two two repetitions on each side. If you're going to add that into a warm-up, you want to do two to four repetitions on each side. If you're going to be doing heavy squats, say you're doing heavy squats one day and you're going to rest for three to five minutes, do, do spend about a minute. Spend like 30 to 45 seconds each leg just doing three, four circles on each side. Um, I'd recommend that. Um, 
So that's one thing. The second and the third exercise that I really want to talk about was uh, the importance of doing things um, that improve the fundamental movements of the hip. And if you look at the hip, we're talking about the hip joint. The definition of a joint is the space between two bones. And the more space that we have between two bones, the more movement that we're able to express. And when we talk about fundamental movements of the hip, we're talking about rotation, like an internal and external rotation. So we're going to be doing an exercise that is geared towards improving internal rotation and external rotation. So the first one, if you were to like write this down, I would uh, write three exercises, A1, A2, A3. So you'll do the first one, you know, you'll complete A1, then complete A2, then complete A3. So what you'll do is you'll get into a hip external rotation, pails and rails. If you want to get into that, into like a 90-90 position, 90-90 position for our hips, and we'll just do some pails, rails for that external rotation. And I can also leave a video in the description describing how someone would go through that. Uh, but after you're done the pails or rails, um, just as a quick reminder, that's where you hold a passive stretch for two minutes and then push in one direction for 10 seconds, pull for the opposite direction for 10 seconds, repeat that about three times, hang out in that newly acquired range of motion. Anyways, I'll leave a video in the description talking about that a little bit more. So doing hip 90-90, pails and rails, follow that up with some quadruped hip cars because once we've now acquired a, a new range of motion, whether that's maybe you've gained five degrees of new range of motion or 10 degrees range of motion, this is going to be short-lived, but we want to capitalize on the brief window that we do have this. And we want to tell our body, hey, we now have a new range of motion. Therefore, I want to express movement in my new range of motion just so you're familiar on what it feels like. Do that two, three, four times on each side. Follow that up finally with some supine hip capsule cars. And what capsule cars do is they specifically target the deepest stuff in your hip. Um, for most of us, it is our capsule, maybe barring some surgery that you've had. If you specifically don't have a capsule, well, it'll just target the deepest stuff with with inside of your hip, but for the average person, it does target the deepest stuff. And when we're trying to make improvements in flexibility and mobility, when we're trying to make improvements in usable ranges of motion, we want to make changes in not only the more superficial tissue, but also the deepest tissue, because we can kind of think of it as the foundation. When we make fundamental improvements to building a house, you know, the stronger base you have, the better the house will be, the more likely that house is to have structural longevity. And with our joints, that's also the same. The better of a foundation we can have, the more likely that we can have some structural foundation. And so finally, the last, bet, uh, the last bit is going to be B1, B2, B3, and we're going to be following the same conceptual idea. But instead of going through external rotation for the hip, pales, rails in a 90-90 position, we'll be going through internal rotation, pales, rails in a 90-90 position, and I shouldn't need to explain again the importance of doing quadruped cars and supine hip capsule cars, because I literally just talked about that. Um, so, the reason why we're doing both internal rotation and external rotation is um, if we're trying to improve the, the function of our hip, really um so 
I guess the simple answer is because I don't know you as a person, because I don't know you personally, the best idea is just to take a wide scope and just try and build from the foundation. Although you may, as you, so you personally may have history in certain athletics, you may have some proficiency in maybe rock climbing, and you may have a lot of external rotation already. You may be a soccer player and have a lot of proficiency in internal rotation. Um, so without knowing that, it's hard to say that you don't need one or the other. So as a rule of thumb, if you're just going from a perspective of, I haven't done this in so long, what do I do? Then start with a little bit of everything. And trying to improve function of the hip means that we need more joint space. And joint space is expressed through rotation, both internal rotation and external rotation. And we need that rotation in multiple positions. So that's why we were doing pails and rails, because that exercise, that type of protocol, takes us through strengthening that joint when our tissues are both really long and really short. And those are typically where people are weakest. So it kind of takes our weak points and try and builds it to make our weaknesses our strength. So I don't need to talk anymore about that. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Yuha Yupi podcast. I will talk to you in the next episode.